The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey everyone, Brother Worlds, Josh Norse here with the first episode of Week Nine. Is it Week Nine? It's Week Nine. Of, we are all the way to Week Nine. Of, what a what a time to be alive! It is nuts. Almost double digits, and it feels like. I was just doing all those preseason podcasts um, of the Roto World football podcast. And as you know, the Tuesday edition is with Raymond Summerlin because it's waiver day um, in ways. And, and, and Ray's waiver wired column is up on Roto World right now. You can check it out. Obviously, every single week there are notable names um, that end up producing. And even in his deep cut section, which we get to later on in this podcast, Turns up to be, you know, important names for the coming weeks. Um, but before we get to that, Ray, as always, we want to ask the people to rate and review, subscribe, do all that good stuff on iTunes and Stitcher, whatever podcast platform you use. Um, Ray, what have you done for the podcast lately? I have rated it, okay. but I thought it would be a little gauche to to review it like to say i think this podcast is great you know raymond summerlin on itunes so i haven't done that yet uh i'm still trying to work up work up the strength to do that but <laughs> i have certainly rated maybe but, i'll maybe i'll review from my wife's account i don't know we'll, we'll have to figure that out but if you did review it it would probably only take you what like 15 or 30 seconds something like that i'll, I'll tell you what i did because we're still not meeting you know as as high of expectations we were setting in that 18 to 24 crowd um i went on a date with a 24 year old uh, like last week or two weeks ago, something like that. Um, so that, that, that was my, I brought up the podcast, that type of thing. Um, there's no second date, but, uh, and, and but, do you think, do you think that that's what sealed the deal? That's what ruined it? Probably. She, I, I don't know. It was, I thought it was okay. You know, I won't get, that, that's not the podcast for this, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I did my part that, that still fits in the 24 crowd. So. Um, but yeah, she must not be a listener or a fan. She didn't rate and review, but you should. It takes 30 seconds. Anyways, Ray, let's get into it. Um, another, uh, I guess, bell cow running back is down for the count. Uh, not because of injury, but because of fumbles. And that is Mark Ingram. I know early in the season he split time with Travaris Cadet, but after a fumble, uh, Mark Ingram was flat out benched for the likes of Tim Hightower and Daniel Lasco. Uh, Ray, what do you see in Tim Hightower's near future? Well, it seems clear. I mean, if you just listen to what Sean Payton says, it seems clear 
that he's going to get carries regardless of what happens with Ingram. Sean Payton said that Hightower has definitely earned more playing time moving forward. They said they didn't initially plan to bench Ingram for the entire game, but they thought that Hightower was playing well. I watched that game. I don't agree with that assessment. <laughs> and I think that it's I think that it's very odd that a guy fumbles for just the second time this season. Now, I believe it was in back-to-back weeks, but it still was the second time this season, and then he's benched for the entire game. That tells me that there's something else going on here. There's, there is more to the story than what yeah. we're seeing right, right here on the surface. And that means I think Tim Hightower is going to continue to be involved, which is a big deal this week because they get the 49ers who are just absolutely terrible against the run, the worst run defense in the league. I think that this is going to be a committee. I think that Ingram is going to get work, and I think he's probably going to be the lead in the committee, quote-unquote lead, but I do think this is going to be an even split. And and if they really are out on Ingram, you, you have to remember that Tim Hightower was the running back two over the final four weeks hmm. of last season, averaging 24 touches a game. He wasn't particularly efficient with that work, but they gave him a huge workload against the Seahawks. If they give him that kind of workload moving forward, I mean, he's going to be super valuable. I think he is, even though West, Sharkandrick West, we'll talk about in a minute, will probably be ranked higher this week if Spencer Ware is not able to get back in play. I think that Tim Hightower is the better pickup because I think long-term he's going to have a, have a bigger role. I've never understood coaches benching uh, running backs, at least their lead ball carriers, for, for fumbles from like a statistical standpoint. Because, like, if, if you're just thinking about it from the numbers, like, it's very unlikely for them to fumble again in that same game. I mean, I understand. I, I mean, I, I, I can get in the mindset of a football player in the NFL, but it's just odd to me. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I think we can all agree that Mark Ingram is more talented than Tim Hightower, but it's all about volume and hopefully efficiency uh, adds on to that uh, position, obviously. That's why it's so unique. Uh, how about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ray? Uh, weeks ago, you traded every single player in all your other rosters for <laughs> Doug Martin. Um, then he does not come back, and so it's still the Jacquez Rogers show until Quiz uh, sustained, I believe it's a foot sprain. Um, so is Peyton Barber the guy? Are you now going to pivot over to Peyton Barber, Ray? Well, I don't think – well, first of all, let me say, hopefully Doug Martin is – a still alive. I have not had that confirmed yet. And that he is that he's on the way back. Very much doubt it's this week, a short week. They go to, to play the Falcons on Thursday. So I, I very much doubt it's this week. I don't think it is Peyton Barber if you look at what happened last week. Anton Smith, who was signed two weeks ago, 13 days before their game against the against the Raiders, he actually led the backfield. In snaps, other than hmm. Jaquiz Rogers, he had 22 right. to just three for Peyton Barber. He had five touches to just one for Peyton Barber. He was very clearly the number two, and he also kind of took over after Jaquiz Rogers left late in the game. I think that he is the guy. And what's kind of interesting about his kind of his skill set, they're going against the Falcons, which you and I have talked about are, are a little bit better against the run than maybe the numbers show that they've been. Right. But what's they have been giving up a lot of is catches to the running back position. They've given up the second most receptions, yards, and touchdowns through the air to running backs this year, and that's obviously some place a place that Anton Smith has succeeded in his career, most notably, by the way, in Atlanta. So you have that revenge game narrative if, you, if, you, if you're into that kind of thing. So I think Smith is the better ad. 
I do think this is going to be a committee. They did sign Mike James on Monday as well. He knows the system. He's been with the team for the better part of three years. He was on the Lions practice squad, but we'll kind of see what happens there. So I'm not terribly excited about Smith, Mm -hmm. but I do think that Smith is clearly the ad if you're looking to get somebody out of this backfield. And and Antoine Smith is, is a huge big play threat, at least as a receiver. Um, if we're just talking about like role standpoint, and I think this kind of goes back to our discussion on the Roto World Fantasy Football Kickoff presented by Kia. That's a Roto World Fantasy Football Kickoff presented by Kia. Um, we talked about Rob Kelly and Chris Thompson and how teams kind of like to keep the roles there because Chris Thompson's, you know, the the passing down or the or the passing playback, and um, Rob Kelly is kind of the in between the tackles runner. I would side with Barber being closer to Kelly in that role and Smith being closer to. Uh, Chris Thompson. But hey, I mean, it's all guessing at this point, right? Hopefully there's some news that trickles out um, in the near future because it certainly doesn't seem like Jacquez Rogers will be healthy enough to go, as you mentioned. And I, and I would tend to agree with that, except for the fact that that's not how they played was, out. That's not how it played out. I like right. I I agree. I would agree with that. I was frankly shocked when I looked at the snap counts and, yeah. and saw how it worked out. But I, I do think there's there's something here, and I mean to be perfectly honest, I don't I don't I was never a Peyton I've never been a Peyton Barber believer, and so maybe maybe he's not that good. But he had that he had a good performance against the 49ers. This is a very confusing situation. Mm-hmm. I think that there are better options on the wire for sure. How about the Kansas City running backs? Um, we know that Jamal Charles is still dealing with an ailment and an injury and, and is slow to progress so far this year or progress, I guess is the better pronunciation for it. Um, Spencer Ware looked to be the lead back last week and then he gets hurt. So is it really Sharkandrick West? Is he, is he worth an ad or, or is this kind of where we don't have enough information right now to really pick apart and piece together what the running back situation might look like in the, in the coming week? Well, I would be I'd be very surprised if Jamal Charles played after he's going yeah. to visit Dr. James Andrew. I'm not even really factoring him into my decision because I just I don't think it's going to happen. And maybe I'm wrong about that. And I guess we'll see. I do. I would like to know a lot more about what's going on with Spencer Ware. But unfortunately, I don't think we're going to know that until after waivers of process yeah. in most leagues. And I think with the concussion, the fact that you know, it wasn't like an Alex Smith situation where they're denying he had a concussion. He comes back into the game. He had a concussion. He was out of the game. I think that you kind of have to go on the assumption that Ware is not going to play this week. And that makes Sarkandrick West a a kind of one week rental at worst. And and maybe even more than that. Well, you know, we've seen concussions linger before. And with Sarkandrick West, you have to go back last year and see what he was able to do as he was the clear starter. He was a clear starter for three games before he got injured in the fourth. And in those three games, he averaged 25 touches a game for 137 total yards mm-hmm. and one and a third touchdown. So we're not talking about middling production here. We're talking about he was a running back one for sure over that period. Ware has been getting huge workloads when he's been healthy. And they have a pretty good matchup at home against the Jaguars this week. So all of that, even though we don't know, I think you're right, that we have no idea if he's actually going to get the start this week. And he's and he's basically valueless if Ware is healthy. Right. I still think that that upside is worth taking a shot behind ab- above everybody except for Tim Hightower. And even if it's just for one week, you have teams like the Cardinals, obviously, and David Johnson, Lamar Miller on the Texans, I guess, even with his... Uh, nagging injuries all both Bengals running backs kind of the Redskins situation uh, both Patriots running backs Jordan Howard on the Bears if you're playing him I mean those are all on buys this week right so even if it's a one week week rental then it's it's a valuable commodity for that one week 
Um, what about CJ Procise? Um, saw a lot of work in this game, took a ton of snaps away from Kristen Michael in a really favorable matchup for the Seahawks, and they couldn't really do anything with Michael in the running game, it seemed like. Um, Procise was a, 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 a draft crush for many um, because he's a former wide receiver that was great in the open field. Um, I believe they took him in, what, the third or the fourth round, something like that. Um, but CJ Procise, who was injured a lot in the preseason, um, is now emerging as a legitimate threat to some of Kristen Michael's snaps, is he not? Yeah, his snap percentage jumped up to 43%. He was in the deep cut sections last week because he had had, I believe he played something like 25% of the snaps last week. So it was certainly a jump in snaps. He had 103 total yards. It is important to note that 43 of those came on a on a trick play. But I mean, he was still he was still involved in the offense. I think my problem with ProSize moving forward, I imagine there will be people calling for him to be a, an ad in, in kind of standard 10 and 12 team leagues. The problem is, is that Thomas Rawls is coming back mm-hmm. at some point. It does seem like in the next couple weeks, by the end of November at the very least, that puts a damper on this situation. I'm not selling on Christine Michael yet. I don't, I don't think that this is kind of indicative of what will come. It was a very odd week. They certainly need to get their running game going if they're going to have any success. So I'm not I'm not going out and, and spending a lot of fab dollars on CJ ProSize, but I do think in deeper leagues, especially deeper PPR leagues, he he's the name to know for sure. And it had to be a, a reason why CJ Speller was was I guess cut again was because of um, CJ ProSize's emergence because I think they would fill the same areas on that team, the same role in that team, and obviously ProSize is much younger and they just drafted him. Um, how about J.J. Nelson, the Cardinals wide receiver in this kind of rotation that they have at that receiver core outside of Larry Fitzgerald? Um, we all know that Bruce Arians absolutely loves speed, and J.J. Nelson is one of the fastest receivers in the league, albeit one of the skinniest and thinnest as well. But he's he's definitely made plays in, when given opportunities in the past, either in playoff games or maybe deep vertical shots. Now Bruce Arians comes out says he's a starter uh, with Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown. Um, we know this passing offense has isn't what it was in the past few years. I guess it is. Um, but... Is is JJ Nelson worth adding this week in your opinion? Yeah, I definitely think he's a most at a must add in in all leagues. I think that he should be owned in, in even the even in the shallowest leagues. We saw what the upside was against the Panthers, and you know Arians confirming he's a starter that takes away. You know that was going to be one of my questions when I was writing this up. Yeah. Do we know that you know this wasn't just because Brown and Floyd were both injured? But he said it. No, he's going to be a starter. And Nelson actually played more snaps than even Larry Fitzgerald against the Panthers. Oh, so he was on the field. He was on the field for the most, the majority of the game uh, for more than any other receiver. And he has 19 targets in the last two weeks. So it's, it wasn't just, again, last week. He's been doing it for a while. I, he will be behind Corey Coleman and Sammy Coates, who, who are still in that kind of 40% ownership range. He's going to be behind those two guys because... I think that the passing game in Pittsburgh is better. I think that Coleman doesn't have as much to, you know, have, doesn't have to deal with as much competition in Cleveland. Nelson, even if he is the starter, John Brown is still there. Michael Floyd is still there. Larry Fitzgerald is still there. There is still some concern about, you know, is he going to hold this job? But I do think that behind those two guys, he's the best wide receiver ad this week. We were texting before the show, um, and we thought talking about handcuffs was a worthy topic because. I mean, I know you get questions about it every single week. I do too. Um, so, Ray, if you could maybe list like your your two most intriguing or favorable fan, uh, handcuffs in, in terms of guys you think that either can get opportunities moving forward because it could be a split backfield or if the starter goes down completely, they could maybe win you your fantasy league. Well, I think that 
when I'm talking about handcuffs, I, I'm more talking about players that that pretty much don't have any standalone value, right. but but could have a big role. So Bilal Powell is is a is a guy that has some standalone value now. Although if you just look at his box score, you think or his fantasy total, you think he had a that he was much more involved in the game plan than he was against the Browns. He had a couple long runs, including a long touchdown. That's clearly Matt Forte's job. So he's kind of still a handcuff, but he's going to have a role moving forward. But we've if been talk- calling for them for him to get more touches, one and for a split backfield. But if he ever, if if there's like solely just one ball carrier in that situation, we know the volume's going to be there. And so yeah, I mean Ray, we've talked about in the past, like he really can be, in my opinion, a fantasy winner because of his receiving ability and ability to create in his own. Yeah, I agree with that too. But but what I'm saying is that I, I think he still has a role now, okay. which which is a little different than a handcuff. And yeah. in, in my opinion, this might be semantics. But if I'm talking about the best handcuff available, I think that it's Derrick Henry. And this mm-hmm. is kind of a new development because I, it would have been D'Angelo Williams before this last week. But with the Titans, their passing game is still a mess. It's still not working. They, they refuse to give Kendall Wright snaps, which I have – it's he's their best receiver funneling. and they 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 like to apparently like um, try try to pump him up and, and get him excited by playing him as the third receiver and limiting his snaps which is absolutely nuts it's bonkers it's i it's so crazy it's malarkey is what we call it right that is exactly accurate but their running game is working the offensive line has been a big success they did a good job with the offensive line demarco murray is fine right now he had the toe injury that mri came back negative he's fine right now but if DeMarco Murray would ever go down, we're talking about Derrick Henry as he showed on Thursday night in that workhorse role. He's going to be very, very productive. And I think that he is a better handcuff at this point than D'Angelo Williams. I think D'Angelo mm-hmm. Williams would be second on that list. And there are some other maybe deeper league names like Andre Ellington with what, how much work David Johnson's getting. That's a concern for his, for his kind of durability moving forward. Rob Kelly's you know, we don't know what's happening with Matt Jones. Rob Kelly's definitely going to be an ad this week. But even if Matt Jones comes back, he's an interesting one. He showed that he can be successful. And then Alfred Morris. And the I was going to bring him up. Yeah. The situation surrounding this is difficult to talk about, but it's it doesn't seem like Ezekiel Elliott from the reports that have read did anything wrong. But the NFL is investigating it after they so badly botched the Josh Brown situation, it was just so publicly poorly done. It wouldn't be surprising if they overreached on Elliott. I am a little concerned about that. And if, if Alfred Morris is going to come in and be the starter for maybe a suspended Elliott, I mean, we're talking about a running back one. So it's, it's a tough situation. It's not one that you're really like looking forward to, but it's kind of a reality. And maybe Alfred Morris is, is somebody that we need to think about in deeper leagues. How about any players that might be droppable this week? Not to throw this question and hopefully you have an answer to it. But, I mean, is it time to drop Russell Wilson, even though some fantasy players might have drafted him, obviously, as their quarterback one this year? I don't think so because the mobility – like, they keep talking about the mobility is coming back and coming back. I, I think it's a bench. I don't know if I'm going to drop him altogether because that upside is there. I, I do think that you can drop Tyler Lockett if we're looking at the same team because – and, and again, his upside is certainly there, but we just haven't seen it. I think you can drop Michael Floyd at this point with with J.J. Nelson coming in and being the starter. You can drop every Lions running back that's not named Theo Riddick. You can drop Julius Thomas. I know the new offensive coordinator is coming in, but but that, that offense is, is just not working. I think that 
we're close to being able to drop TJ Yeldon, although I, I do want to see what the new coordinator does with the running game. There are certainly some names out there that you can drop. And, and oh, uh, Jordan Howard. We mm. record this before Monday night. I have a sneaking suspicion, this is my projection, that Jordan Howard is going to be surprisingly underused on Monday night. I, I think Kadeem Carey and Jeremy Lankford are going to get more carries. I couldn't be made to look stupid, but if that happens, then then we might be looking at a situation where Howard could be droppable as well. And Rap Sheet just tweeted as we are recording this that the Packers uh, have released now Davis. So he's droppable as well. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll add your weekly staples. Uh, Zach Ertz is droppable. And, there you go. And Brock Osweiler is droppable. <laughs> well, Zach, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> I'm still upset about that one. Uh, who, who would have who would have guessed that Niall Davis wouldn't wouldn't be successful in, right? in Green Bay? Who would have guessed that that would happen? Wow, just just absolutely amazing. Um, how about let's finish with the deep cuts since you mentioned like CJ Prosize was on there a couple weeks ago. Devontae Adams was on there even a few weeks ago. Uh, look into your crystal ball, look into the future, and tell us who would be relevant in two weeks when everyone else gets injured. Well, I think that I think CJ Prosize is one of them for sure. Jeff Janis, I talked about last week. Yeah. You, you got all you got all mad at me. Thirty Did yards I? and a touchdown. Yeah, you said that was during a run of people that you weren't you weren't happy got with. Um, I think that if we're really that worried about Mark Ingram and we really don't think that Tim Hightower is very good, then maybe Daniel Lasco is a name we need to know in deeper leagues. And then finally, and maybe most overall, I think that Tyreek Hill. You look at what Tyreek Hill has done. He scored three touchdowns in his last four games, I think. The to target totals have been up and down, however. He really didn't do much until Nick Foles come, came in. It looks like Alex Smith is going to play. You know, this offense needs that kind of guy, but we saw it with DeAnthony Thomas before in the past that that guy has big weeks and then kind of disappears. So I'm not sold on him as like a standard league option, but in deeper leagues, if you're looking for kind of that big play upside, I think that Tyree kill is certainly someone that could be added. And I've even seen in some leagues, and this goes without saying, and this could have been the first name we talk about, like obviously Darren Sproles is, should absolutely be on rosters. And he looks like the top running back on that team now. Like I, I know I'm just throwing this in there at the end, but I, I looked in one of my leagues and obviously it's not a industry league, but he's available, which is nuts, which is, absolutely I think he's, I think he's now up to 57 or 58%, but, so still. which is, which is, yeah, which is low, lower than it should be for sure. Right. Um, all right, Ray, I think that does it. Um, I will obviously talk to you on Thursday for the Roto World Fantasy Football Kickoff presented by Kia. That's the Roto World Fantasy Football Kickoff presented by Kia. And that airs, I believe, at 3 o'clock Eastern, and then we'll post replays as well. And then Ray hosts this very podcast on Thursdays with Rich Rebar and Nick Minzio, and then I host it on Fridays with Evan Silva and if you and Roto Pat and if you want to receive a compliment from Evan rate and review on iTunes and he'll give you just a generic bland compliment because I wouldn't expect anything else from Evan Silva uh Ray once again good job with the waiver stuff obviously that's up on Roto World and I will talk to you on Thursday talk to you later man The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.